You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. So welcome to the Coaching Inn. I'm Claire Pedrick and today I'm in conversation with Tunchal Gulsoy from Turkey, who I heard at the ICF conference talking about coaching and improv and jazz and just couldn't resist going, let's talk more. Tunchal, welcome. Thank you very much. It's Tell a us- pleasure. It's an honor to be your guest. Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor to have you here. Tell us a little bit about your coaching journey and what got you to this point. Well, actually, I'm uh, one of the very late uh, latecomers. Uh, I think it was year 2006, and I was about 55 years old. And just by coincidence, I met a colleague in our school meeting. I was working in our university um, graduates association uh, magazine. I was making interviews. And then another colleague of mine from past days came. And we were talking after the magazine meeting. We were talking, what are you doing? What am I doing? Blah, blah, blah. Then she told me that she has started CTI coaching in Turkey. Coaches Training Institute. She said, do you know what's coaching? I said, yeah, I suppose I do. But, but then after her explanation, I understood that I knew nothing. And she said, next week we have a demo, and if you like, you can can be a part of CTI training. And I attended the demo, and I fell in love, and then I started the first module, and then the second, third, fourth, and then the certification process, which was six months. And then I became a coach, a certified coach. And the journey began. And I think so far about, I don't count them, because when I became MCC about six years ago, it was about 3,500 hours. So probably it is about 6,000 plus. And, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it is, it's better not to count, because then the charm will be lost. It is so lovely to meet someone else who doesn't count. I don't count. <laughs> I don't count either. <laughs> yeah. We, we are counting too many things in this world. So yeah, exactly. let's skip this one. Yeah. Yeah. When I got my MCC, I stopped counting too. <laughs> so you're also a musician. I'm not a musician. I'm a, let's say, a music lover. Okay. So I love music and I'm an audiophile, and audiophile is the person who's worshipping the speakers, cables, <laughs> rasters, amplifiers. The I have three sets in my home, three different sounds, just like three different vines, red, white, and pink. <laughs> you can imagine that way. I have so many. I have about, I don't count my CDs as well, but probably around 5,000. But wow. now the times have changed. We have this uh, iTunes and other platforms, about I have two thousand pieces from iTunes, so that means that I'm just a collector. But do I can I really listen to all of them? No, but I love being together with them. So, but I make radio programs. Uh, my radio program, which is titled "Evde Çalamadıkları," which literally means "Those things that I can't play at home." That's how it's translated, and. People are wondering what is why he cannot do that, why he can't play at home. And then they ask my wife, and she answers, "Well, your friend, my husband, doesn't stay at home 
too much, so he can't play at home. So that was the joke. But it was just to create some curiosity. And this is a kind of talk show with uh, jazz musicians or people who are interested in jazz. And it has reached about 3 million, 300,000 viewers. Wow. This is listeners. Uh, so yeah. because it's a digital platform, they can count it. For this kind of a program, it's quite a success. Um, it's not a popular pop problem, program. There are about 425 programs in about 11 years. Yeah. So uh, I also made interviews with jazz musicians. I wrote about jazz. But I can't play okay. any instrument. I tried piano, but my teacher said, when I first went to him, it was to bring an excuse from one of his students. But then I couldn't stop myself, and he was very upset as to hear that his student was not coming. He said, he's not coming, but can I come in? I mean, I want to play piano. And I was 22 years old. And he said, how old are you? I said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm 22 years old. I mean, it's too late. And then he said, Aram Hachaturian had started when he was 23. In about a year, I understood that Aram Hachaturian was very, very talented. <laughs> and I was not, however, and through him, I learned a lot about musical culture. Wow. So after retirement, before retirement, I started learning coaching. Uh, people ask me, why you didn't start earlier? I said, yeah, but in those days, <laughs> there was no coaching in Turkey. Exactly. So, and when it came, I didn't say I'm late. I said, better, better now than never. And yeah. since the last 15 years or something, I'm coaching. Yeah. Different companies, people, people who need help. Uh, I mean, whoever needs coaching gets coaching from me. And some people cannot afford it. Yes, I do a lot of voluntary work. And I have a... Um, in the voluntary work, this is my motto, I said, you can't get free coaching. But when I say you can't get free coaching, you immediately think of about a financial payment. I said, if you cannot pay financially, you have to promise me that for the same hour that I give you voluntarily, <clears throat> you have to help a poor woman or a child with his or her time helping but it's not about giving some money to the little child and say, get yourself some ice cream. No. Help him with his lessons. If there's an old widow over there, help her with her groceries. Give you time. I give you time. My time. So you don't owe me anything. And then people ask me, what do you get out of that? I said, it's such a great pleasure that there is no financial reward which can fulfill this. I love That's that. One hour of your time is the same as one hour of their time. There's a real partnership thing there, isn't there? You don't owe me anything. Don't yeah. owe me anything. So you don't feel yeah. bad. That's great. So, but, well, I'm happy with it. So you have this musical ear. Yeah. So what for you is the connection between jazz or the music and the coaching conversation? What do you hear in coaching? Sorry, that was a multiple question. I just <laughs> you should be asking one question at a time. I know, I know. I'm what kind you of an MCC? <laughs> well, I'm also quite liberal with my MCC coaching as well. Before answering that question, for instance, in my latest uh, conference for the Italian chapter, I said this. I said 
They're telling us that we should either be mentoring or coaching and consulting. That three different tools on the kitchen or in the table. How about using all of them uh, one by one, but at the proper time? And if you really know what you are doing, and if you can combine them, if you can combine them intelligently, I think it will create a better idea. It will create a better effect. And my experience tells me that, especially with uh, managers, uh, high-class managers, this is quite appropriate. I mean, I can mm-hmm. do that, and I do it. I don't care if they said, that what is that coaching? This is not mentoring. I do all of them all at the same time. Because imagine that you have a table. In table, well, the first course is a soup. You need a spoon. The second course is steak with potatoes. You need fork and knife. And the third one is a sweet, let's say, a kind of, a kind of, uh, well, something like a soup or, anyway, compote, something like that. And there's still, you need another spoon. So, um, I think this is what the life is. It's like a dinner table. I mean, uh, in the coaching, uh, there are different foods coming to the, the table. That is different issues, all within the one issue. So you have to use all of them with maybe different tools. So I'm not saying that I do it all the time, but if it is necessary, I do it. Yeah. And it's as always giving me good uh, effects. Uh, about what was the question? I forgot. I just want to. Bi- I just want to build on what you said there because I think the interesting thing about that is that you eat each course separately, and you don't mix all the food up and eat it all at the same time. <laughs> So there's something that you were saying in there, wasn't there, about being yeah, clear yeah. about what are we doing right now? So uh, they, exactly, because uh, I'm also teaching in one little coaching school in Turkey, and I'm teaching the fourth module, which is called, uh, which is uh, art and science of coaching. This is the chapter about the art. They learn it in the first three modules. They learn about the techniques. Yeah. That's the science of coaching. But then you have to make it all yourself. Yeah. You have to wear it. You have to, well, it has to, you have to adopt yourself. In fact, I call this cooking your own pizza. That is, uh, I believe that uh, we all have, well, in the coaching schools, I mean, high-quality coaching schools, they give us a high-quality Italian dough for making a pizza. That was a real, it was not a metaphor. It really happened to me in New York. I was, I wanted to buy some pizza for in the hotel. And it was a beautiful place. And I was watching. So what should I be buying? And then somebody came up and he bought something. And I couldn't recognize what he was buying. I asked the man on the counter, what is he buying? He said, he's buying a dough. And for making perfect pizza, you need a fresh, great Italian dough. And we make the best one here. However, he said, he doesn't buy the pizza here because he's a connoisseur, he goes home, he bakes his own pizza, he makes it with his own ingredients uh, to his taste. Tick, tin, whatever. That did, that became a metaphor for me because yeah. in these coaching schools, we learn. We learn about what we learn is uh, they give us a good dough and then we're all different. I'm a man, I love music, I'm an engineer, I've traveled many times, many parts of the world. Uh, I have met different cultures, and I love jazz music. I make radio programs. I'm a photographer. 
So my pizza will reflect my own personality, my own tastes. This is what I would like to do. Uh, but for instance, a person who was sitting next to me, let's say a woman, she cooks her own pizza in a woman way. I mean, it's different. So there is not such a what. There's no such thing as bad pizza, but maybe you have not really added yourself, your character. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's tasteless. Yeah. So that was my uh, that was my method, and now I have gone even further than that. I said, why are we cooking a pizza? If there is something that we can offer from Turkey, which will serve like a pizza. And in that tradition, we are very rich, very rich. First, we have pide. It's like pita. Uh, yeah. It is the dough, and, but it's cooked our way, and there are many variations of it. And it's the same concept as pizza, but our way. Then I said, well, we are all copy-pasting whatever is being taught by the schools today. However, oh, I, I have to... Oh, I want to sneeze. <laughs> However, uh, we have our own culture. So what we learn from jazz is, jazz is, has come from south of America, then it has gone to north of United States, and then to Europe. But all the good quality musicians in the world, they don't play jazz the American way. What is important is to mix it up with their own culture. So they yeah. have French jazz, we have Italian jazz, we have German jazz, we have North North jazz, which is Finland, Sweden, we have Polish jazz, we have Russian jazz. So why don't we have a Turkish coaching model? Mm -hmm. Because um, Rumi, Mevlana Jalaleddin Rumi, his, uh, his uh, grave is here in Turkey, and his okay. teachings are very popular all over the world. And then I checked his some of his quotations. I'm not an expert on him. I said, my God, I mean, this guy is a coach. But he is, he's saying to us so many nice things. It's all related to coaching. Yeah. Then I said, why don't we use our own culture to add richness to the big coaching community? Yeah. And from jazz, what we can learn is uh, life is always continuously changing. Nothing is the same. So what we have to do is we have to adapt. We have to continuously adapt ourselves. In jazz music, what they do is they always adapt themselves. They don't play the same music same uh, the same way twice. Exactly. They have to improvise. They look at the audience. They look at the weather. They look at the political conditions, social conditions. So the same music changes all the time. Mm. That means uh, we have to we have to improvise. And if we can learn to improvise, the concept of improvise, then we can have a better life. That's better. And also there was a criticism to the coaching schools uh, in that presentation. That is, coaching schools are just like silos. Everybody has a silo. Yeah. My silo, your silo, they don't talk to each other. I mean, they come to coaching meetings, but we have our own mother, they have their own mother, blah, 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 blah. I know, I feel that because I've I've graduated from three different schools, uh, CTI, Ericsson, and then uh, Maria Nimitz School, uh, co uh, Coaching Excellence 
So three schools plus other many, many other models. And I realized that it's the same thing. But basically, it's about creating awareness. Yes, I agree. It's just like awareness. And then you do this way or that way with awareness. And then once that awareness is created, then going into action. So you work yeah. together with your club. So that's about it. But then it's like the religious books. There is a little religion, religious books. This is our religion book. And then the thousands and thousands of volumes based on that. And everybody's playing their own violin, which means it makes it complicated. Yeah. So I said that coaching schools, why don't you talk to each other? Mm. So we didn't need so many mothers. Also so many tools. For instance, in my own presentation, I said, well, these are the uh, these are the tools that I use. It's my toolbox. It's not perfect, but some of them has been adopted. Some of them I have created by coincidence, but this is my toolbox because there are 100 plus models and then tools. Why should I have to worry about using all of them? If you have a breakfast buffet, imagine that you have a wonderful breakfast buffet and we are all guests and Four of us, we go to the same buffet and with our place. When we come back to our table, look at the food on our plate. It's different. Yeah. And of course, it, I like heavy food like eggs and you know, <laughs> steaks. And maybe probably you'll be eating porridge or oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but it's the same. So, what I'm trying to say is that pick up your, make your own breakfast buffet. I mean, uh, or pick yeah. up. Your choice, and don't worry about everything. There's something else, isn't there, as you're speaking, that just reminds me again of the idea that when people are playing jazz together, yeah, you can't plan how that's going to go because it it does its own beautiful thing as people engage with one another, which is such a great view of coaching. I first think. of all, uh, first of all, I mean, normally they have a plan, just like the plans that we have for our life. But then, while they are playing, uh, there are prearranged parts, and then there is what they call improvisation parts. Yeah. In those parts, they are free. They are, they feel free to express themselves. But their partners or their band mates, they create a kind of uh, a rhythm section and a melodic section, so that they can play on top of that. I mean, it's not just coincidence. So everyone can explain. Uh, you know, can express himself or herself in jazz. Well, yes, there is one team, but on that team, there's a lot of variation. Just like, imagine that you are going to hmm, a movie theater, and then uh, on your you are planning to go by car, and then you uh, you understand that the traffic is heavy. Then you have to change to a metro, and then we when you go with metro, then you have to change your dress because. Then you have to wear more sports, and then you have to go into the uh, movie house, and there is no that movies tickets are sold out, but then you see that there is a theater house over there. The uh, the point is spending a night out in some kind of entertainment, some show business. That is the main point. Yeah. So you couldn't do it with the movies, but you can. So you have to improvise. You have to adapt yourself, and then you have to. Because there is a book called Yes to Maths, which is a very beautiful book. Uh, Jay Barrett, Frank J. Barrett's books, um, Yes to Maths. 
mess uh, m-e-s-s yes yes to mess i'll put it in the show yeah. notes yeah yeah so that book it is it says that there are lots of things you have to learn one of them is forget about what you already know it's number one forget about so we have to create new ways in jazz i'm sorry not in jazz but also in coaching yeah I also have raised questions in my Italian uh, in my Italian presentation. For instance, I said, "Why?" First of all, the question is, I think that the coaches must assume a greater role in the world today. Something just more than just a person-to-person coaching. Just yesterday, I learned from my colleague who was, I was doing the same thing to her, interviewing her. She said that um, she lives in America, an MCC coach, a great woman, and she's a professor as well, an engineer. She said that one third of all Dutch people had coaching training. Wow. Why? Yeah, why? Because, because I mean, first of all, coaching is not only to be learned for, for being a coach. We have to understand this. If you have a good coaching training, then you can change your life. You don't have to work as a coach, but you can learn a lot of things. You have a better communication with your wife or husband, children, peers, friends, uh, colleagues. It's essential. Number one is this one. Second, the religions have failed. I'm, I'm, I'm not against religions, but I'm just against the way that it is being used by um, politicians and other people to exploit other people on the behalf on behalf of God, but religions have failed. For instance, there is this war, this nuclear threat after so many years, and I was expecting Pope to come out and say, "Hey guys, I'm going to Kiev or I'm going to Moscow. Stop me if you can. Come over here. What the hell are you doing?" Why all these people are being killed? I haven't seen any religious clerk in any religion who is standing up sturdily and saying, no, Hmm. you have to stop this. I don't care about your NATO. I don't care about your invasion uh, programs. Stop killing people. What the hell are you doing? You can't even stop that one little virus. Do you have a hundred percent cure for the virus? No, but you're spending billions and billions on these deadly weapons. Now all European countries are making investments on huge military investments, and still we have the virus, and it's, it's probably becoming again or resurfacing. Mm. So religious, I think, have failed, but we have coaches everywhere. We have coaches everywhere. Why don't we become? Why don't we come together? Why not? If we have religious. I mean, this is beyond religion, beyond ethnics, from all nationalities. So, how about founding something like coaches without borders, just like doctors without borders? Mm. I also believe that uh, politicians should have. Politicians should have coaches. In Turkey, they don't have none of them. Mm. No party. They don't care. And they think that they know everything best and they know everything about themselves. It's a shit they don't know. I also believe that we have to teach children coaching. 
Why? Because the first five years of a child is very important. Whatever you get in the first five years, it stays with you all your life. No matter mm. which university you will go. So mm. first five years. And that's why it's very important the first five years at home. And why don't we teach children skills, coaching skills? Just like coaching skills for managers, how about coaching skills for children? Of course, pedagogues would be involved, I agree, but they have to learn. And then we are too much, we are competing. Everybody is competing with each other. And first, the coaches are competing, coaching schools are competing. How about cooperation? It's too big an elephant that we can eat alone. Yeah. We have to cooperate. And that doesn't happen in Turkey. I, I also read LinkedIn. I see and also so everybody has schools. Everybody has flash names. Everybody says that about awareness. Be your stuff, blah, blah. Lots of propaganda. And everybody believes that coaching is an excellent way to make fast money. Yes. If you finish your courses. But a British coach, a professor who was giving us a lecture in Turkey, told, told us that for, only after four years receiving your first ICF degree, ACC, or others, but only after four years of working as a coach, you can start calling yourself a coach. You have to, you have to cook. They have to cook you. You have to, you have to be warmed up or you have to mature. You have to be... Uh, seasoned. Yeah, seasoned is the right word. That's why I believe that I also we have forgotten the nature. It's all about now technology. What app is there for my telephone? Coaching app. So I ask a question. I can't get along with my wife. What should I do? Then <laughs> the coaching app would answer you. What does your coach, what does your wife mean to you? It's so, stupid. We have gone too much. I mean, the, it, life can be easier with an iPhone or this kind of a, a smartphone, but after all, we have souls. We still have souls, and we have forgotten that part altogether. It's all becoming mechanic. It's like having, well, it's like having a quick sex. I understand it. It's it may be necessary, but it is not the ultimate thing. It's the ultimate thing is that closeness, that feeling. We have forgotten this. It also it has all become a physical exercise. If coaching is becoming a physical exercise, it is losing its spirit, it is losing its roots. So we have to rework, we have to reimagine coaching. I, Not I, on the technical side, but on the spiritual side. We have to go back to the nature and watch the nature and understand how the nature works. We have forgotten that. I so agree. So, it's so complicated. I This is the first time that we've had a, a proper conversation, isn't it, Tunshal? And I'm, I don't suppose you've read my book because I'm, <laughs> I'm passionate well, about the things that you're speaking about. Well, let me just read, get it right here. We, I can just get it from my Kindle because it's, uh, probably it's not going to be in our... Uh, well, we have, you know, Turkish lira is falling... Heavily okay. against dollars, so like the pound. <laughs> so it's it's called simplifying. Is, yeah, oh, the pound. It's called simplifying coaching. I think I have it, but I will just see. I and think I have. Uh, and it's yeah. about some of the things that you're talking about. You know, it's it should be much more accessible, and it's not as complicated as we make it be. 
Because as you said earlier, coaching is simply a conversation between two people that raises awareness in one so that they do something. And that's all it is, really, isn't it? Yes. Well, I, that book is not here. I'll, not in Kindle. I'll send you well, a thing. I will send you my address. And if you can send me one, I will be very happy. And if you like, I can do an interview with you, which okay. you can publish about your book. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. So you can, it can be kind of a promotion of your book. Okay? Perfect. I'll get the publishers to send you a copy. Email me your address after the show. I will do that. I will do that. But it's true, isn't it? Because because what I heard you say when you were talking about jazz was that when somebody starts improvising, the others, you said they play a rhythm and they play music underneath so that the person can they play. They support. So that they their support. person can they play listen. the tune. Yeah. They support the musician. They back him up very strongly. Yeah. So it's like he's like a trapeze, an acrobat. Mm. So he's flying over. And they lay down and what's that called? Something to protect him from falling down. Oh, yeah, the safety net. Safety net, yeah. So they provide the safety yeah. net. They provide support. So you are secure. You know that um, you can act naturally. That's very but, important. But what they don't do is play their favorite tunes, each of them differently, louder than the person who's improvising. Look, this is also one of the themes in uh, Frank Barrett's book. It's about leadership. I also teach leadership in a very interesting way. Uh, so we have to learn being a leader and then following a leader all at the same time. Because in jazz music, this is very natural. In jazz music, very natural. In jazz music, there is a leader, but the leader changes. In Dick Ankton Orchestra, which is he's a very famous musician. You know, he's a wonderful leader. He has a big orchestra, and sometimes a newcomer comes, and for instance, he's a trumpet player, and he would say, and normally he would be saying, Well, well, come to us. This is our let's say program, these are the notes, and this is your section. So you are the third trumpet, this is what you have to play in that particular piece. No, he doesn't start like that. What he does is he talks to this guy. He understands him. He learns about his habits. He learns about what he does best, but he's weaker relatively. And then he rearranges his music according to the talents of that guy. And this was happening in the 1930s. Yeah. And here we are about 100 years from that time. We're still trying to understand what's leadership. And there are millions of books about leadership, and nobody is really sure what's leadership. Leadership is adaptability. It's changing places. If somebody's, it's like the birds, but the nature has it. The birds, when they're flying. Mm -hmm. Formation. The one at the very edge, at the very front, that's the one who creates a kind of, um, he's against, he's creating kind of, uh, a drag-free environment for the rest of the group. But it's difficult because he's the first one. So he's uh, shouldering a lot of uh, air. Yes. But he becomes tired. And then when he's tired, he goes back and somebody else comes. His leadership. Leadership is being sharing the responsibility. Leadership is not about authority. 
Yeah. So in jazz, this is very clear. That's why we have to learn from jazz. Yeah. And coaching is sharing responsibility. It is a shared responsibility yeah. and it is working together. Mm. But it is that, for instance, my motto is uh, I also have a very interesting motto, and this is I created myself. You can make money, you can earn money by coaching, but uh, coaching is not to be done only for earning money, it's something yeah. beyond that. And because, for instance, there has been times my client, for instance, I remember a case when a company we had arranged, we had agreed to make six, uh, eight coaching sessions. After the third session, the new general manager came and he said, we are stopping this coaching program. I said, but I said, don't worry, we are going to pay you the full fare. I mean, this is eight coaching sessions, you'll be paid. I said, yeah, but I'm not a prostitute. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I can't leave these persons like that. Yeah. But what, what do you care about? Here's your money. Get Go away. I said, yeah, but on the other hand, what about that person, his feelings? We opened up to each other. What I did was, yeah, they paid us, yes, but then uh, I keep on kept on coaching all of them individually and outside of the office hours and finished our, uh, finished our sessions. Mm. So coaching is not about money. It's a kind of a kind of lifestyle. Think like a coach, act like a coach. It has its own morals, and then it's about what is most important is you help people, you touch their hearts, and people say, "What is the benefit there for you?" It is what you feel inside as a human being. You feel a meaning. You find uh, you get yourself a meaningful life, and so that gives you strength for life, struggle for life. And of course, on the other hand, if you act like that, money comes anyway. That's one thing. And second, if you become yourself, if you act naturally, when my students watch me coaching them, they everybody say the same thing. So you have this natural listening, calm, natural, smiling, and always active. And we feel your presence. How did you get it? I said, this is hours and hours and hours of practice. Mm. There's no short way. Mm. And I don't use my title, M60. I mean, it is there in my LinkedIn, but for instance, some people say that they put their uh, MCC, I don't use that. Mm. Why? Because a friend of us, a younger chap, he was very proud to become an MCC, and he was using this in, his, in front of his name. I said, look, Fatih, you are not MCC. You are Fatih. Your name is Fatih. You're more valuable than the title. And the title is not going to honor you. You have to honor the title mm. by your behavior, by your standing. So that is what you should be doing. Mm. So these are my opinions, and I believe that I'm also sorry for two things which I have to express. I believe that we have to cooperate, all coaches. I had a, a speech planned for Russian coaches, ICF Russia, and on 1st of December, but a few days ago, they called me. I had spoken to them before, so they knew me. They invited me. 
And they said, sorry, we have to cancel our activities because ICF Global has suspended our relation. That is, we cannot have access to their resources. And I was very upset because I I don't approve Russian uh, invasion. I don't think that Mr. Yasin is doing the right thing. I don't, he's just creating more problems. Mm-hmm. But so, as the Americans and the European community, <clears throat> but why are you suspending uh, Russian? Uh, why are you leaving them alone? Why are you uh, getting them off our way? Uh, this is not a, po- we are not a political uh, organization. And the same thing is happening to Iranians. Mm. I know that Iran, and we don't approve their politics. We don't approve how they behave uh, towards the women, how they torture them. But then leaving Iranian ICF members alone in the middle of, and most of them are women. Most coaches all over the world are women. Yeah. And they are struggling against this fascist government. And we are saying to them, sorry, the American policy is, I, I understand American policy, but this is nothing good with American policy. You are talking, Tunchal, about two countries where I also have connections and am conflicted between what I'm told by the ICF and and the relationships that I have with people. I yeah, I'm with you. Well, I don't think it's, but I don't think it was so ICF. Mm. But people started questioning, mm. why are we part of ICF? What if they do the same thing in Turkey? Mm. If what because we are also in a kind of conflict and situation between Russia, America, Ukraine, and what if they suspend our relations? Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's so I think I'm really very much against. I mean, uh, and our policy was, I mean, for instance, when I talked to Italian coaches, they told me that I said nothing about politics at all, there's not no politics here, except that I hope that one day. Politicians will assume coaches. It has nothing to do with Italians or us or everybody. I think we should be more understanding. We should be closer. And uh, the world has so many big problems. And all of them is, for all of these, we have to create not personal awarenesses as we are doing now. But I think coaches, if they can unite somehow, they can create a social awareness for Mm. the world. And work together and create dialogues. Yeah. And now what we are doing is as ICF global cutting of dialogues, which I don't think will help neither ICF global nor other members of ICF, nor Russians, nor Americans, nor anybody. Yeah. It's just breaking dialogues while we are the ones, we have to be the agents of dialogue. Yeah. We're acting against our values. Agents of dialogue. And as you were talking about politicians, I was thinking about the benefit for anyone in power to have somebody who will be both challenging and supportive to them in service of them doing what they're doing even better. I think I have talked a lot about 43 minutes or something. I'm watching my watch. Yeah. Any other questions? I want to say, how do people get in touch with you, Tenshell, if they would like to continue to have a conversation with you? Well, I, I think you have my uh, in LinkedIn account. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll pop Tenshell's <coughs> LinkedIn in the in the show notes. 
And yeah. Michelle, thank you so much for coming to the coaching in today. Well, um, let's be in touch, uh, Claire. I think we have to definitely we have lots of things to do together, uh, just not only by um, interviews, but let's keep on being in touch because uh, I think more and more the jazz musicians they talk to each other. They, they have do. jam sessions, jam sessions, and if you go to a place where there's jam session. You're always welcome. Yeah. Another thing I would like to add just before we leave, okay, about the generation gap. Generation is that generation X, generation Y. There's no such thing in jazz. There's only musicians. Why? 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 Because there only the one thing counts. You can be a 13-year-old trumpet player and you're playing excellently, and you may be just playing next to your grandfather. They don't care. If you are playing it masterfully, skillfully, if you're talented, if you're really blowing your pawn, that's what they care. And the guy in the jazz world, the youngster, wouldn't say, I want to be a manager soon. I want to be a gentleman. There's no such thing. You have to build your own thing there. Yeah. Nobody's giving you titles there. You earn your titles by mm. your virtues, your talent, your work, your hard work, and your cooperation. So I think this is a lesson to be taken by all of these <coughs> people who are, <coughs> I'm sorry, all these people who are talking about generations at Generation X. Yeah. So they have to re-question this. Why is it happening? I yeah. believe uh, behaving fair. In jazz, they behave fair. They listen. If you have something to show, it's okay, come on, let's see. What is, how is he playing? That's what counts. They don't care about your size. They don't care about your sex. They don't care about your sexual preferences. They don't care about your religion. Yeah. Boy, you're really blowing that horn fine. Come on, come on, let's join. But yeah. so that is what we should be doing, just like jazz musicians. We should be joining forces. We should be understanding. And we have to take more responsibility for creating a better world with a better understanding of each other. We are all part of that little tiny planet. When you look at from the sky, in the latest photographs from that uh, satellite, who are we in this universe? Who mm. are we? What is so important about our companies, our countries, our issues? If the, if the world is destructed today, somehow, blow a volcano or something or a satellite hitting, in about 100 years, everything made by humanity will be replenished, uh, refreshed or it will be just yeah, it will be expelled out of this world or it will be just decayed and the nature will come again. So we, while we're coaching, should always remember that. Yeah. Everything. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming to the Coaching Inn. Uh, I'm Claire Pedrick, and I've been in conversation with Tenchel Gosoy. Thank you, Tenchel. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at The Coaching Inn, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.